Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 310. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hey, that's me, partially out of frame still. Sorry, I'm... I mean, it's... I guess it's because it's on my stand and I move this, it occasionally, this, but hopefully this is fine. Okay. This is fine. This is I, very fine. Sorry. For those of you who are not watching video, I was just moving my camera. Um, anyway, hi. Ryan, Ryan's very vain like that. Hi, we're back. Hello. Hey, it's Garbitrage. Uh, I have a beer. I also have one. I'm, we I'm also have a patron. Blue Blue Moon. We we do have I've several. We've got a hams, and we have a patron. as uh, patron.com slash Carbitrage. Patreon.com Patreon. forward slash Carbitrage. Forward slash Carbitrage, and then you can give us money. Beer money. Beer and, and well, to produce a podcast. Mainly hosting, but beer, please. Anyway, uh, moving on to that, we've covered beer, Patreon. Let's get right into topics, shall we? Yes. Or, Yay. wait. Wait. How's your week been? I want uh, us to have us opening of sorts. <clears throat> Let's spend a moment. Really you busy. Doing, you've been very busy? Uh, yeah, work is very busy. We, like, we hire and fire people without telling me. Oh, God. Usually after the hours where I'm in the office where it's... Brilliant. Super brilliant. And then, yeah, we... I have an event tonight because, for some godforsaken reason, they put our holiday party on a Saturday. So not af- not during the holidays at all. Also correct. Yeah, maybe huh. it's cheaper. I don't know. But anyway, extremely busy. Everything is technically excellent. I have no grounds for complaint. It's but busy. It's very slow at work, though. Um, I'm finding ways to not be slow. Very good. And so, yeah. Are you are you hating the job less at least doing it that way? I mean, I don't say I hate it. I mean, in public, I don't. <laughs> Hold on, I can I, mute. I am. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm. My, my morale is high. Okay, that's good. good. And my, the Very reason good. my morale is high is that there have been things that are going well at work and good, and decisions that are being made that I agree with, which that is good. Seems like the first time I've ever heard you say that. I know it's bad. really weird. It's been a long time since I've said that, but there, I'm hopeful momentarily. Maybe the upper management is playing Baldur's Gate. Maybe. Yeah, it could be something like that. More cat but content, I think. Also, is. I think I'm just in a good mood because I don't have COVID anymore. Uh, I had COVID for the very first time. My mother just got it yeah, for the first time. It, it, it wasn't very fun. Um, but I have my Commodore 64 power supply uh, updated one that's going to be arriving. Excellent. And then uh, I'm after I play around with it for a little bit, I'm going to get myself a uh, Kung Fu Drive. And what? you're wondering, what is a Kung Fu Drive? I was just going to ask. Kung Fu Drive is a SD card to cas- or to um, cartridge adapter that for awesome. Commodore 64. And so when I went to Micro Center to go buy myself an SD card so I could just throw it in my Kung Fu Drive, um, or sorry, it's called Kung Fu Flash. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> When I went there, I asked for the smallest possible SD card. He goes, we have bigger ones. I'm like, no, you have to understand. This is going on Commodore 64. He goes, they had SD cards? I'm like, no, they didn't. But there's been 40 years of people making Commodores do things that they shouldn't do. Does the Kung Fu Flash require regular SD non-HC cards? Uh, no, but the thing is, is every single piece of software combined on a Commodore 64 is a total of um, like 11 gigs. I'm surprised it's even that much. It, it, that's including the 40 years of additional software that's how been many, made how since many then. How many pounds of software, Ryan? Uh, thousands, probably. <laughs> but um, That's how I'm going to forever measure it. Yeah, pounds. Where, yeah, pounds. So I was going through my... Uh, C64 games, and uh, one of the games I have is Bruce Lee, uh, which That's is a fighting called. game. It's a Bruce Lee-themed fighting game. Okay. And it is worth, in case, as it is $400. Is 
Is it just that rare? It's that good? It or? Is, yes, both. Okay. It's rare and good. I and see. it has like the best box art ever. It's like, easily the best artwork of Bruce Lee I've ever seen. Do you know for sure if that C64 works yet? Or yes, I've played with it. it. Oh, I just, man. I've been doing it in limited amounts because the power supplies on those go out. And yeah. when they go out, they feed excess voltage into them and blow up the whole board. Ah, great. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I turned it on. for the new one? Yeah. Okay. Before I do much, I turned it on. <laughs> I did some basic basic programming because mm. the programming language is basic. Oh, I see what yes. you did there. The basic, basic programming. Ah. Just to make sure I, like, it, it, it can, in fact, access items and, like, work. And so, yes, it is a functioning computer. Um, but while I've been waiting for my... I um, did some assembly and assembly. Yes. I wrote a C and C. <laughs> um, but in the, while I've been waiting for that, I also bought those two other computers. Uh-huh. And I got those working, Excellent. which is very good. The data view I got working. Is uh, that the one you had to do with the foil? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so the data view is the one that had um, <laughs> batteries in it from 1987. <clears throat> and apparently in 1987, batteries did not have expiration dates written on them. And then when batteries like completely decompose, all that's left is the caps on the ends and the plastic around it. Oh. All the, so the, in, the, all the alkaline degrades the rest of the casing around the battery, except for the electrodes on the ends. Oh, I, that's I have I some batteries over there from the 1960s, and they're all metal. But yeah. they do still work. Those are slightly different batteries. Okay. Um, but these were made by Toshiba. Oh, very um, nice. And Japanese. Yeah, yeah, so they, uh, in addition to corroding the battery apart, also corroded most of the PCB. <clears throat> but I was able to fix it without any damage, without breaking a single trace. Um, impressive. But the problem was the actual battery terminals were so corroded that they had like they'd corroded through. Yeah. Like there was like holes and they looked like Swiss cheese. I was like wondering if I had really like, good for contact. Right? Yeah, I had like really poor contact with the battery. I could work intermittently. And so I wrapped all the terminals in tinfoil and it works great. Because tinfoil is a, it's it's conductive. Yep. And you can form it around like existing structures. So I just threw some tinfoil over it, put some IKEA batteries in, and it works. Amazing. And yeah, it has a. Um, it's really cool because I've got as like digging through the files on my data view because th- these computers are used by a guy who um, worked on like at old Apple, like like Apple, like back in the eighties when they were mm-hmm. first designing color monitors, and he was one of the main guys that was there. And there's a BBS directory and in it, oh, cool. Uh, and like a BBS is like old school internet where you would have to dial the actual phone number of the person you're trying to contact. Mm-hmm. And it's a BBS directory of all the office lines for Apple's office in like 1986. It's extremely cool. So it's basically the internal Apple equivalent of like Facebook Messenger that yeah. they had, where you could you could bulletin board another person's computer and message them that way. Is really really interesting. And yeah, it's got WordStar on it, so I can type things. So WordStar, uh, which is like proto like that's like the that was the word processing program like of the 80s it's what J- george rr R. martin still uses to write game of thrones games or games uh, books oh my god yeah so he still uses a commodore with WordStar. actually i mean that's actually really i think cool. i think he uses a bbc micro but anyway he uses WordStar because like that's how he grew up using and he's like he actually likes that you don't get distracted on it so you can just write sure it's a very fair point. I mean, personal computers, especially back before like '97, you mm-hmm. didn't multitask on them. There was no advertising. No, it was literally it was you really go do easy. the thing. Yeah, you're done, and you just you get locked in. Yeah, you're just doing the thing. It's really nice. I like WordStar a lot. It's a really really good program. Um, so yeah, I've got that. The Toshiba works 
I just need to find a CGA monitor that I can plug it into the portable computer because the screen's like it's functional, but there's like bad caps in it. I really don't want to like deal with that when I could just get a, a screen because yeah. I don't want to screw up that monitor because it's like a really cool like gas plasma display and it's kind of like irreplaceable. So when I know more about how those screens work, then I'll dive into it. But for now, I'm just going to use a CGA monitor and have that be my display port. Is that the one that kind of looks like DB9 serials? It is. It is. It is <clears throat> DB9. Yes. It's a. It's a five over four. Yeah. And but which is like you can't just use a a, D, a DB9 whatever to like VGA. Yeah. Because they ha- actually have different signals. Yep. So you actually have to use a different board. Yeah, no, CGA, EGA are different than VGA in that sense. Yeah, but... so I have to find a really old CGA monitor, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, we have free geeks, so you never know what might pop I know, up, and they, but... they're like, oh, those come up once in a blue moon. I'm like, thanks, uh, great, awesome. Great. That makes me feel and good. Also, every single person on Facebook that is selling old monitors can't seem to be able to take a photo of the actual fucking plug. And I ask them to do that, it's like I'm speaking French. And they just like don't ask, don't know what I'm asking about. They send you like, a picture of the IECC C13 yes. power cord. I'm like, could you send me a photo of the plug that goes into the computer? And they show me the cable. I'm like, I don't care about the cable. I need to see the plug. That's the power cord. Ugh. Yeah, it's awful. So, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, I've been having a good time. I need to replace the disk drive on the data view because the data view I'm sure can run Doom. Uh, and I really need to replace the and that subreddit needs to know. Yeah. So that that's like. <laughs> I, I it's I find no data on if it can run Doom, but I'm convinced it will, because uh, there is Doom on C64. Oh my god! So it's much worse. Is that but, retroported? I yes. assume. Okay, and it's very very poorly. <laughs> well, it's, is it? It can't be as bad as the version for the TI eighty nine. Um, no, it's actually pretty close. Mm. Yeah, because so the so Texas Instruments actually had a computer that competed with the C sixty four. Okay, but the reason the C64 Doom is, like, poor, poorly on it is... Um, it's poorly. Yeah, it's because of the frame rate that you need because, like, Doom's a really fast game. And True. C64s are just slow computers. They're really good for, like... I could run, like, Sierra games, like, point-and-click adventures. Like, no problem. I could do, like, Secret of Monkey Island. Is, I'm pretty sure it's backported. <laughs> but um, now I really want to play Doom on my orange screen on my data view. I think that'd oh, yeah. be the correct experience of Doom. So... Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I just need to get a new uh, floppy drive. Actually, I need. Actually, I I have a floppy drive for it. I just need a screwdriver that's a Phillips head screwdriver that's this long. Just a long shaft that gives you the opportunity to. Because well, because the the screws are like inset really far. Yeah. And I remember that from the CRT days and things like that. We're like, yeah. Oh come on! They're like insanely inset, <laughs> yeah. and the hole is not wide enough for like an adapter. Yep. It has to be just like one long screwdriver. It's very stupid. There are so. some automotive applications why I need. I own those, mm-hmm. and it's always seven p.m. on a Sunday when you find out you need that. Like, yeah. well, great, everything's great. closed. Yep, right. and you need to, you can't just go to an auto parts store. Like no, that, that's one time you still have to go to Sears. Yeah. And go to the craftsman section and pay $38 for a screwdriver. Yeah, I went to Micro Center to see if they had one. They had ones. They had screwdrivers that would fit, but I couldn't get enough um, torque out of them. Oh, okay. Because, like, it's like, you know those ones that are just, like, long and they have the little, like, hex head yep. that's, like, just spinning on there? And it's like, why is this even here? Well, it's a precision screwdriver. It's not designed for Phillips number I know. One. I was hoping I could use it. And so I was trying to put pliers on it, and it just <laughs> didn't work. And so, yeah, I just admitted I have to buy another very expensive screwdriver. Yep. I'm going to use only once in my life. 
That's going to be like Napa branded too. It's going to yeah, be great. It's going to be awesome. So, super, super cost effective and good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's move on to not weird computer things because Sounds good. we really like to alienate our audience here. Hey, I'm pretty <laughs> sure a lot of our audience is also relatively into computers. Yeah. So. I feel like it, it's, I was like, I was talking, crossover there. I was talking to some friends earlier today. I was like mentioning how there's like, Working on old computers is very similar to working on cars where it's like... You have to hate yourself a lot. Yeah, and it's like they're they're delightfully cursed objects where there's like, this should not be this way, like, but it is. It's um, worse, therefore it's better. Yeah, and so like, you also like, if you've ever like added a Honda a, like piggyback board to a Honda factory engine computer, which is a thing you do pretty commonly. I've like, done a K-Pro. Yeah, so like if you do that, you you can probably fix most computers. Like you now know the basics of how to fix a computer, what a PCB is. Micro soldering skills would apply to automotive as well. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You learn all about flux and lead versus lead free solder and solder wick. So speaking of <clears throat> Honda stuff, I yeah. want to talk about um, hot rodding and Honda tuning and how those are similar and completely different to other kinds of car enthusiasts. Okay. Cause I think you were there at dance party where we had that, just just awful, <laughs> awful, fraught conversation. Um, we had some very healthy and productive conversations. Yeah, but there's that, that one person that, like, was like, Honda suck, and, like, his backup was, like, they suck because I think they're bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I overheard bits and pieces Yeah, you of left that, that one. but, like, Robbie and Spaz <laughs> and I just, like, hunkered down. Everyone like, closing in. <laughs> it was just like, dude, you have the most out-of-pocket take I've ever heard in my life, and you're going to learn about why you're wrong. You are a 48-year-old in the year 2001. Yeah, it's literally. And so the thing is, like, and I was kind of thinking about it, and, like, his, like, his take is, like, I get where he's coming from, but like, I don't know. It's my whole problem with that car people as a whole is that no car people are introspective ever. Like elaborate. So like car people more so than most other like interests, like comic book people or like other kinds of nerds match at the gathering of Warhammer are very similar <laughs> to car people actually. But like where you're, where you cannot differentiate what is your opinion mm-hmm. Versus what is a objective fact. Right. And, like, my opinion is that, like, takeovers are stupid. It, is that objectively factual? To a degree, but so is all car things. To a degree. Uh, do I really, really think that car, that takeovers are a scourge upon car people? Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's also my opinion. It's a very commonly held opinion, mm-hmm. but is, in fact, an opinion and a subjective take, not an objective fact. Um, now, do take are takeovers bad overall for the community? Yes, that's objectively true. Um, but, Everyone likes getting where they're going yeah, on time. Exactly. But like th- that's like maybe not like the best example. Here, Here's a good example. I don't like Porsche. Mm-hmm. I hate Porsches. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely my subjective opinion. I just I don't like Porsches. I don't like how they're overvalued. I don't like the elitism that comes with them. I don't like how people are so fucking picky about every single goddamn thing with them. Like, I don't like Porsches. That's a subjective thing. Um, we, we hold that same opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but it isn't universal, but that's the thing is like, I also know that that's my opinion and not a fact. And I don't state that as a fact. Right. I just don't interact with Porsche people that much. Cause I, it bothers me. And so that's the thing is I, but that's my thing is like, I think Porsche sucks. 
I will not say Porsche sucks flat right like outright. Like they, they I don't say that. Like I've learned that it's very difficult for me to say that anything really objectively sucks because that's almost always my opinion. Like there are cars that I really hate, like appliance vehicles. Like yeah, like a Dodge Journey works for somebody, not for fucking me, and doesn't make you a bad a bad driver. Well. If you don't like soccer, you're not good at soccer. If you don't like driving, you're not good at driving. So yeah, we there's a correlation. Yes, how they're maintained, who drives them, how they're used, with how good or bad the vehicle is. Yeah. Whereas objectively, if you bought one brand new as an enthusiast, it likely would run forever. And so I was not a terrible vehicle. And so I was like, I was actually talking uh, to a brunch about the difference between. Honda people and hot rod people, how they're very similar and much, they're significantly more different than most car people these days. Cause a lot of the car people these days, like there's an abundance of very like powers, overpowered vehicles. They're free. You can get them anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like you've got $5,000. You can get something that's going to kill you and everybody around you. Absolutely. No <laughs> question. Like, and that's very similar to the muscle car era of like the early eighties, where it's just like, yeah, you could just go buy yourself like a 440 tra uh, Challenger for like $1,000. That was a cheap, readily available car, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they were just cheap cars. And so, but the thing is, is that like you can just buy it and go drive it. You don't have to do anything to it. And I don't care that much for just buying and going and driving a car. I like the overall experience of a vehicle. Um, and part of that experience is kind of making it my own thing and like, making a creation and that's what a honda is or a hot rod because they're very similar like how do you make a how do you make a 93 civic fast you do forced induction and in honda yeah <laughs> and like put in like an engine out of an integra or like, yeah yeah yes. like in the, and, and then that but like you yeah, like you, a b-swap sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't you don't just like put in like a flash tune on it no. and exhaust it's, it's there's more to it than that uh and so it's the same thing. It's like, how do you make a Model A fast? Replacing the engine. Yeah, you put a put a Model B engine into it, Ooh, put okay. a, which oh, is a flathead boy. engine. That's different than A and a B. Um, but you put a flathead, or you put in like a small block Chevy, or like a nailhead, or a, hey, wait, sorry, was that, what was that second one? Small block Chevy. Which is oh, a belly, a belly button. button yes, sorry. sorry, you put a belly button into it. <laughs> um, but like, you put another engine into it. You have to actually do stuff. Like, how do you make it look cool? Well, you you lower the body onto the frame. You should have to channel the floorboards to fit the body over the frame. Like, obviously. Duh. Like, yeah, come on. Like, do you, uh, do you have a coupe? Do you want your coupe to not look like a phone booth? Yeah, you chop the roof. How do right. you chop the roof? Well, you take measurements of the roof, you cut it, and then you resize the windows. How do you resize the window? Well, you have to learn how to cut glass. Like, there's a lot of things that you have to learn how to do. Like, there's skills that are involved in doing this. Like, with doing yeah. a Honda, it's not just like, I'm plugging in thing I've bought off internet and now it's fast. Like I don't care about that. Yeah, you're not JB4 map fiving that car. Yeah. And so I think that's the difference is that I like the actual tinkering of making a Honda fast. Cause like also like with like Spaz, like he's got an Evo, which is also, although fast, a tinkerer car. Like you don't, like a, a stock Evo is cool. But like tinker with those cause they're always broken. Also, like how do you make a, evo more enjoyable well you have to do an intake and exhaust you have to do like a tune you do like different ignition system like you do like you do modifications to this it this take might be really hot but the best evo is a stock one that's fine but like if you're like uh, most 
the overwhelming majority of people that drive Evos ruin Mo- modify them in yeah. some way yes in the same way it's like well yeah stock honda is enjoyable but what do the overwhelming majority of people do with a honda they put an engine that literally just bolts in out of a different honda into exactly it because yeah. the data is out there yeah it's easy yeah the parts are out there the parts are cheap and there's a but huge if you if you don't like tinkering that's right yeah and so the same thing with a hot rod is like mm-hmm. if you don't like tinkering then don't buy a hot rod buy a muscle car it's good. both are going to kill you <laughs> like Wow, is that a stock Model A? Wow, is that a completely stock EK? Yeah, basically, Great. very similar energy because both of those are commuter cars. Right. Um, like just Jesus they're commuter cars for seventy years apart. Um, no, that is something I have not thought about before. <laughs> that a Model A and an EK are effectively are the same the, thing. They are. Like if you think about it, like a Model A to a Duesenberg. Is no different. Yeah, it's no different than an EK. Use that forever. Perfect. It's no different than an EK <laughs> to like a Terminator Cobra Mustang. Like it, it's yeah. Like one is or like a Viper. Well, <laughs> neither of those are luxurious, but I get what you're saying. But the thing is, the Duesenberg was meant to be the fastest car in the world at that point in time. It also happened to be luxurious. Happened to be luxurious. Right? Or like maybe a Bugatti would be mm. another example. Like a, a Type Thirty Five. Like. <laughs> Which you can easily like make a Model A that kind of fast, it, but That's the thing terrifying. is, is like you still have to you still have to modify it and tinker with it. Type thirty five swap Model A win. Ooh, that'd be very cool. Per se, doesn't exist. You can just get an engine. It's gonna cost you all of oh, your money, yeah. <clears throat> but you can feasibly get a Bugatti Type thirty five in line eight. I want to see Per response in email when you ask. Oh for that. God, they would probably just <laughs> ban me from the IP ban me, and I wouldn't be able to ever message him again. Um, but I think that's the difference in like why I have such a hard time with car people these days, yeah. and it's not. I just like cars anymore. I mean, I kind of do. But it's more that I enjoy tinkering because I get the same joy out of my old computers as I do cars. And it's not because cars are ostensibly cool. It's just like that's my outlet for my tinkering that I like to do. And I do love cars. Don't get me wrong. I also love my 1940s washing machine that I use for towels in my garage. Like, that's also very cool to me because I like tinkering. I like making things work and I like learning about objects. Like, I also like firearms. Similar thing. I, I like seeing like, oh, cool. I have this firearm. I can make my firearm better for doing specific thing. Like, you know, my Beretta is very comfortable to shoot and I like can go take it out to the range and shoot it all day long. And it's because I've modified it so I can go do that. Now I could also take my Beretta, I can modify it so it's good for target shooting or for concealed carriers. Like a lot of things you can do. So I like actually tinkering. I think that's the difference between Honda people and hot rod people versus everybody else that's closer to muscle car people. It's just like, yeah, that's your thing. And then like they don't care about your car. And so um, I actually brought this chase up. Those... I brought this take up to Andrew Chase about this. It's like pre-built PCs, man. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. Like a pre-built PC. Like, I don't care about a pre-built. Like, like dude, build it yourself. It's going to be yeah, way better. You can pick what you yeah, want. Like, but yeah, pre-built but pre-built people are like console plebs. Oh, like, boy. Yeah, and that's yeah. what muscle cars are like. like <laughs> yeah, you have all your fun in the world playing Fortnite. I don't care. I'm going to like learn how Fortnite works and make my own Fortnite and like enjoy myself. They're two different kinds of fun. Mm-hmm. But so Andrew Chase, um, we were talking about this, and he has a... Yeah, he listens to this all the time. I know. Um, he had a really similar experience because he's like really into hot rodding because he's got street rod now. 
and he was previously really into and uh, in, into Hondas, and he still is, but that's not like his main drive in life right now. Sure. Um, and he was saying he's like he gets the same he gets the same level of like anger from muscle car people where they will not give you the time of day for if you have a Honda, mm-hmm. but if you have a street rod, then they're just viscerally mad at you. Cause nobody gives a shit about their muscle car, but everybody wants to go see your street rod. <laughs> it's, either way, the other car enthusiasts, your normal plebs like are going to be mad because you have a better object that you made yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of my thing is like I've I noticed that and uh, that's that's why I land where I do with cars and and I agree I mean the the people at Cars and Caves for instance here that walk yeah. through the garage the ones that walk right by the Mercy Lago and go look at Blubsky and ask me to open the hood mm-hmm. I'm like all right all right I'm, I'm into that because this thing's terrible and you clearly know that it's been yeah terribleized yeah but you're still curious in this. And not the boring people, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, car. And, and so that, that's what I thought was really interesting. Because like you also, you live in a world where you, at face value, are the, per, the latter, the normal car enthusiast person, because you're not a hot rodder or a Honda person. Right. But you are a tinkerer. You tinker with your vehicles. Oh, God, I do brake stuff. Yeah. And, well, well, I mean, like, look at like your E30 and look at your O2 thing, your 1602. I have laser scanned pictures of the K in the engine bay of an E10 in Michigan right now. Very good. I'm like, you better not be honey dicking me with this again because I haven't worked on that car in four years. So you're going K now with it for the sure. The O2, it's always been yeah the plan to go K. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have the engine. Why not? Also, K's cheap K's are expensive now. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like really? Yeah, like K24A3s are like seven hundred dollars now. What the fuck? I don't know what happened. It's still very cheap. Well, it's still super cheap, but like it's those were like free. Yeah, before were. I don't know what happened. Also, I bought another S fifty four. I didn't need for no reason. I saw that. Yes, very good. That's understandable. It was a good deal. I, I I totally understand that. I keep doing that with wheels, where I'm like I'm trying to buy a set of racing heart C twos from this oh, guy, but he won't yeah. get back to me. Oh. But like I actively like stopped myself from buying a set of like old school Inkies again because I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't need more random wheels that well, I really like. Well, need is such a silly word. Yeah, and so I I think that when it comes to me impulse buying things, it's gonna be old computer stuff because I take up a lot less space. Than that cars. is a big. That's a hot. It's yeah, correct. Like if mm-hmm. I bought three cars in a week, Jana would actually kill me. <laughs> I bought three computers in a week. Jana almost killed me. See, and that almost makes a big difference. Almost is mm-hmm. the difference between me breathing and not. Mm-hmm. So that's important. I would prefer you continue to breathe. So this is good. So yeah, thank you, old computers. You listener, what are you? Are you a tinkerer? Or are you a pre-built sort of person? Oh, please, please don't tell me you're a pre-built person. Oh, darn. You might be listening to the wrong podcast. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about how much I hate Tesla and Elon Musk. So why don't we get right into that? Hey. Oh, look at those good Teslas. I know. These are all pre-facelift Model S's. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I, I always tell people the ones, the, the Teslas that are good are the ones with the little chrome ring on the front. Correct. They actually, they look good. They're available in colors sometimes. That initial design has aged so well. The yes. fact that it's more than 10 years old is just amazing. Yeah, the Voldemort new boy design I don't like. Yeah, I mean, they keep widening it a little bit and making it angrier with squintier eyes. I'm like, anyway, so Tesla's net revenue has halved in the last year. Good. Yep. And you know what? 
It's not a response with, you know what, maybe we should update our insanely stagnant product line. No, no, no. No, no, let's force legislation to get a 25% tariff on Chinese imported EVs. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I will still spend 25% more to have a Wuling Mini than I would a Tesla. Until? There's not a Tesla that fits in my driveway. And Well, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. I will pay more for a Wuling Mini. <clears throat> I just want an electric puzzle, damn it. Yeah, like he's so cute. But <laughs> like, just really, like you can, you know, that's just like the Musk thing on the board. He's like, oh no, let's pursue no, yeah, absolutely to like to make our product more attractive. I'm like no, no. E- Elon Musk is just it, maybe it's because you have a sociopath at the head of your company mm-hmm. that even if he isn't that associated with it, he's still the head of it. Like well, he still owns almost twenty five percent of the company. So I mean, he's going to have some pull until he's ousted yeah. on well, the board. It's it's like Henry Ford. Like Henry Ford is absolutely awful is disgusting individual and like that actually did hold Ford back to a degree. Like Ford, if, if Henry Ford got out of his own way, Ford would have absolutely just creamed the competition. They would have been Toyota for a lot longer than they were. Um, and the reason is, is like the model T like for Henry Ford is like the model T still relevant. And, Edsel was like, that's just not true. Let's go make a Model A because we need to modernize our car. I was going to say, meanwhile, it's 1945. Yeah, well, it's so the Model T, like, to understand this. I don't actually know when that ended production, but. uh, It's like 1929, I think. God, so that had a 17 year model run? And was effectively pretty unchanged. Um,. Let's see here. Oh boy. 1927. Okay, so that's still a really long run. Yeah, it was. was it was 1908 to 1927. Yeah, oh they started earlier than I thought they did. Yeah. So, and the thing <laughs> is, by the time they were discontinued in 1927, they were still effectively the same vehicle. Like, it was insane. And then the Model A came out, and it was a hell of a lot better. Like, they did make some updates. Like, you got roll-up windows in a Model T. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty snazzy. And they got rid of like the you have no windows at all. And like the roads, like the speedsters, but like, um, as long as the roof is optional, yeah, you you could always get a roadster. (laughs) But the thing is, is that like, yeah, you're just, it was, I'm just looking at this and I'm looking at production numbers. So what's funny is like from 1922 to 1926, they had the most sales ever. Um, but the reason that they did that was because there were more people that were buying cars, right? Like that's why. And the reason in like in nineteen um, yeah nineteen twenty, they um, they actually lost sales because that's when like more modern cars were beginning to come out. Right, and then it just so happened to be that then oh cool now the economy's booming so no now even more poor people can buy cars, but having a Model A made them competitive with like a Chevy Confederate, which was you know a, a, just an ostensibly better vehicle, and it. Like, Henry Ford fought the Model A. Like, if he had his way, they would have not changed the original 1908 Model T ever. Just carry it into perpetuity yes. until he dies. Yes. Great. And yeah. No, he was, like, he was absolutely in his own way. And I think if you have... And that's what Elon Musk is like, is that he just needs to shut the fuck up and just be a silent billionaire oh, but dickhead. No, like he the, tells other people to do that, though. I know. It's hmm. ridiculous. He's, but that can't be. Like, you should just go start a super PAC and quit talking to people. Go to Mars and stay why, there. Why can't you be a normal asshole billionaire and just give Clarence Thomas bags of money? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Stop being everybody's problem. 
just be one person's problem. Like, like <laughs> seriously, like I know that there's wheels in motion to try to oust him of the board of directors, but like this kind of damage will continue to happen to the Tesla company until that finally happens, but it's not happening fast enough. And I like, really people, think the second that BYD or Wuling is able to open up a factory here, it's game over for Tesla. Oh, yeah. Because you can't tariff when they're built here. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, more importantly, NEO is going to be the company that would do it. Um, it NEO or BYD, because I think Wuling is too low market, as much as I love Wuling. But like, and VinFast isn't going to do it, even with that little electric chimney guy, who is adorable, by the way. It's very cute, but I think VinFast is a creepy enough company that like, it, that alone will turn a lot of people <laughs> off. Uh, I love VinFast, and I love how creepy they are, and we absolutely need a bottom for our car brands. But like, I know that they will never, ever be successful. Like, But I am still invested in them because I still believe that they're still – they're never going to be a Ford. They might possibly become a Suzuki. Ooh. Where they're, they're actually pretty big here, and they're just kind of like picking up the scraps at the bottom of the heap. But Suzuki wasn't bad. No, they weren't. And the only reason Suzuki went away is that they – um, cut back on marketing a year before the recession happened when everybody was looking for cheap cars. Ah, great. And they were, like, pulling out of the market. If they had waited two more years. Yep. The last Suzuki ad I remember seeing, I think, was for, like, the the SX4 mm. when it launched. So the early, I like, remember seeing, maybe? Uh, yeah, that's, like, an ad for a Kazashi and, like, Nat Geo once. Yeah. Oh, no. I, yes, there was a Super Bowl ad for a Kazashi. Yeah. With the Eskimo driving with the stereo yeah. and the wheel drive. So, I'm like, oh, it's kind of Kazashis are good. Every um, time I see one, I still text you and say, bless. <clears throat> yeah. No, they're perfect vehicles. Like, and there's like a lot of chatter on BAT about people wanting to like, put one on the side. I'm like, no, no, let me buy one first. And then they can go be worth money. If one of those, a four-cylinder one with the high trim, which is really, really high hard trim to find, manual, with the manual, yeah. if that popped up, boy, I would have a hard time saying no. I would take any <clears throat> manual Kazashi, honestly. That's a color. I almost bought one when I got the Fiat. It just was silver, and I really, 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 Most really did not want silver. silver. Yeah, because that was like the peak of silver. Well, and like all the marketing material, the one piece of booklettery they made for yeah. that thing, it had a dark silver one with a nice colored interior, frankly, but... So the manual silver. high trim, it was still dark silver. Yeah, so. I would, I'd get a red one. Like that's what I wanted. I'd want to get the red with the manual. Like that'd be good. I'd probably go blue. I have too many red cars. That's fair. <laughs> Although I don't think we'll be able to be choosy. Yeah, you if can't one of those pay, comes you'd be up. a choosing beggar. <laughs> like my only hard no is silver. Like maybe white or black. I still don't like those colors. That's a, a great subreddit, by the way. Our choosy beggars. Yes, one of my favorites. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, screw Elon Musk, yep. and uh, yeah, I hate that. Of course he that. wrote it on. So, um, what I, another thing I wanted to talk about is, speaking of the Kazashi and like the recession era, do you remember in like, 2012 when cars instantly got super ugly? Like, think of the Outback. Oh, yeah. 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 So that was so because... a model year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that was because of new pedestrian <laughs> safety regulations where you had to have a higher front end so you, when you hit somebody, they go on your hood that's instead why the of North American Fiat 500 is lifted like a billion inches. Yes, yeah. that's exactly why for pedestrian safety regulations. Well, believe it or not, can you believe that that backfired horrifically? <laughs> and it turns out, actually, the giant hoods on cars are actually significantly more likely to increase pedestrian fatalities. Oh, great! Because it pushes them over the car because gravity. 
Uh, when you get knocked over, you go down. And then when you go down, there are tires. When you have a car that's wedge-shaped, you go over the car. God damn it, hold on. I got some spam chat. Continue. Oh, hey, there you go. That's fun. At least we have a chatter. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was wondering, I was thinking, because like obviously now it's a problem. And this is like, I hate these tall front ends. I think they look well, like shit. And like, especially, I'm going to go back to the Fiat 500, but it, they added so much stuff underneath the skin to comply with those regulations where it made it impossible to service. Yeah, it sucked. And at least you can lower them. But yes, absolutely. But anyway, so I was wondering, like, there are this isn't the first time this has happened where DOT is like or NHTSA is like, yeah, let's go do this thing because it seems like a good idea at face value. Like, do you remember uh, how American cars had those roundy boy headlights with the nipples on them for the longest sure time? Sure do. Thanks, DOT. Yep, that's because uh, they wanted to have uh, the American headlight manufacturers wanted to have one consistent bulb mm-hmm. to make for all cars. And sure, that sounds great because, like, it's a consistently good bulb. However, headlight technology advanced after that. Oh, but don't worry. Then they added a second size sealed beam, and then they added halogen lamps inside of them. Yeah, and then it just turned out to be the same thing, and it still sucked. Mm -hmm. And now your cars are less fuel efficient, look worse, and have worse headlights. Technology Connections did a tremendous video on this. Yes. Everyone needs to go watch it. Yeah, and Technology Connections is great. Alec is phenomenal. Um. But yeah, it was a, a prime example of things that the NHTSA and the DOT have like mandated that went on to just genuinely be worse. Mm-hmm. Another thing is minimum vehicle front end height. Mm, what? Yes. A minimum vehicle front end height. So you're talking like the bottom or the top of the front end? Top. Okay. A minimum, oh there is a minimum God. height. And the, how this was found out is the, in, or the Triumph... TR6 and the MGB okay. did not hit this regulation. So they put a extra dowel on top of the strut mounts to make that work. And if you look at like if you look up a Fiat Scorpio USDM front end and then a Fiat Scorpio um or Scorpion, I think is what it's called. Yeah, Scorpion. Yep. Gonna do US model uh, images. <clears throat> mm. Oh shoot, that's not the right thing. Oh whatever. RPIO. Just tell me <sighs> what, what is the it thing anyway. Was. Most of our listeners there are audio. Was so. a, a Fiat in the seventies mm-hmm. that had in Europe fixed beam headlights, but they were a half of an inch too low, so they redesigned the entire front end to have pop up headlights. <laughs> In the U.S. market. I'm totally blanking on the name of the car. I thought it was called Scorpio. I, I feel like a fool because I cannot remember it. Um, 1970s Fiat sports car. Oh, my left channel just dropped out in my headphones. Oh, no. I, th- I assume yours still sounds fine. Mine sounds just normal. Okay. So that's must okay. Be, must be over there. Um, but I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of this car. I'm trying to that think sucks. of like any 70s Fiat product other than oh, the X19. Uh, uh, yeah, there's X19. Oh, God. They probably made the 124 at that time. Uh, we didn't get the 126 here, I don't think. Ugh, I don't want to look at this Yukon. I am gross. so sorry. Let me see if there's anything else in this. Uh, this oh, it's a Lancia Monte Carlo. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, sorry, it was not a Fiat. It was a Lancia. But Lancia, or Lancia had to make an entirely new front end. And so the European one oh, yeah, had square yeah, yeah. headlights. The U.S. one had the round headlights. The round headlights popped up. 
So they, even though they're like fixed in place in the front, they still went up. They went up because they had to go up an inch. <laughs> Instead of messing with the suspension, that's what they did. And so that's the thing that was the issue, though. And so yeah, in the U.S., it's called a Lancia oh, Scorpion. Look at somebody was selling the entire like Euro front end yeah. conversion. So in the U.S., it was called a Lancia Scorpion. <laughs> Um, and so I was right. It was called a Scorpion. It just wasn't a Fiat. It was a Lancia. But um, yeah. And so the reason they did that is so they didn't have to mess with the front end geometry because Peugeot, um, MG, um, uh, Triumph, and like a bunch of other brands had taller front ends when they sold cars in America to comply with this minimum U.S. front end safety height. And that made the cars actually have drastically worse suspension geometry, believe it or not, because now you just raised the entire front of the car an and inch or more. It. And you didn't re-engineer it. And now these cars that were otherwise fine are now very not fine. And like, yeah, there's some edge cases where it's like kind of a big problem. So things like like an MG Marco or a, a, a Mini Marcos would okay. probably be problematic. Or a Genetta G4 would be problematic. Those are edge cases. Those are not the vast majority of cars in the world. Also, they're cars. And do you know what's exempt from all that shit in the United States? SUVs. Yes. Pickups. And so... Where all of those traffic fatalities actually happen. And so the thing is with like these cars that are from the 2000s where they did the tall front end. Mm-hmm. Well, trucks used to be the things with the big tall front end. Mm-hmm. And now your average soccer mom had to have a tall front end. <gasps> Well, I want a commanding view of the road, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. And that came with that tall front end thing. And that's why they made like cars look ugly. So you would get a crossover. So it makes more sense to have a tall front end. And then the people that had trucks were like, wait, my truck now looks wimpy compared to that. I want f- big front end. And so it's all because of that. <laughs> just spiraled out of control. It, it, and now it's spiraled out of control. Now everybody needs to have an office tower for my a, a grill. needs a reaction, okay? And it, if your reaction gets a reaction from my reaction, then I'm going to react to your reaction, Ryan. Exactly. And, and now it's it just everybody needs to have a bigger, taller, stupider car. And oh. I, I, I absolutely hate it. It's all the NHTSA's fault. And this is exclusively an American problem. This doesn't happen anywhere else. Correct. Because you can't sell that legally anywhere else in the world. No, we need to have a maximum front end height as well. <laughs> yes. Like, this is just so stupid. <laughs> like, if you see the front ends of these things, they literally are taller than the front ends of semi trucks from the 50s. And they just, yes, yes. Like, literally, if you look at a early Peterbilt or a Studebaker semi truck from the 1950s, these are like a diamond T, these are bigger. It's just the stupidest thing. I absolutely hate it. I and think it's just corny. Because the person that gets out of it is like a soccer mom. It's just, it's always the corniest person. Oh, well, they have to re engineer the seats to be able to, you know, get somebody that's five feet tall to be able to look over exactly. the or, or it's like head. some like try hard millennial that is like really insecure that he's not macho enough because he drives a truck and isn't like captain of his hockey team anymore. And nobody cares about his, ho- like he peaked in high school and now he owns a Tahoe. Like, well then he lifts it and then yeah. he puts XD rock stars on it. Exactly. It's just, I can't that's stand how you these gain trucks. Edge, Ryan. I just can't stand these trucks. But I, anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> I am in agreement, but the, you where I stand on that is I really want the regulation to be the same for cars and SUVs. Yeah, I think that the, this absurd. whole this whole putting loopholes around SUVs for like light duty trucks is really stupid. Because um, if you go like in construction zones, construction workers drive cars. Mm-hmm. Like for, the vast majority drive cars or small trucks. 
like okay. old tacos and stuff. The twenty five hundreds, yeah, are the ones that are bought in white, yeah, with no CD player or that's a that's, yeah okay that's an antique no MP three hookup yeah and they have a pinhole hitch on them twenty four seven three sixty five yeah and they're driven from job site to job site and at that Everything point it's, else, it's effectively a medium duty truck at that point and that's fine like those I still don't think should be exempted from crash safety but I, those are the the only trucks that you actually should have do a light work. duty commercial classification and a light duty private classification and they have completely different requirements maybe different licensure requirements yeah, that's you what cannot I mean. operate one with a class d license well maybe not that far but like or you need to be employed by okay we're driving like, it for well i think like maybe like if you did something where it's like uh a, a non-commercially sold truck would have to ha- like comply to the same emissions regulations as a normal car okay that would kill them and you would still, and then if you have a commercial version, then you can just buy it for a, for a company. If you and to buy, purchase a commercial version, you either have to go to a commercial dealer and buy it as a company, or you can just go buy your crossover that you need, you or get a normal car. Probably also handle it with insurance. Yeah, like, like it needs to have a commercial like fleet policy on it, something like that. If it's, it's exempt just, from those, and, you know, and so like, and don't get me wrong, it's like I get the appeal of like having trucks, and I'm not saying is I'm not saying like. All trucks need to go away. It's well, I mean, because like I get the appeal of like a like a Tacoma, like I get that. That's a truck you're going to use. But like when you start getting these like giant front ends that are just stupid and unnecessary and just ridiculous and bad for literally everyone, mm-hmm. like that's where you run into a problem where you get this never ending bloat. And so maybe have like you know what you have your medium duty your your rick your small your medium size and small sized pickups like your rangers Colorado and your Canyon. canyons colorados your mavericks things like that like yeah those are you can have those and they'll have a different classification but like once you get something that's like you're able to be that freaking big cuz like that yukon doesn't even have a solid rear axle you can't tow with that Correct. That's an independent rear suspension. Like they got rid of the thing that you bought it as a truck to be. Well, that's just a people hauler. Because nobody used them to tow anything. And that's the thing. It's right. like at that point, it's that's a people hauler. It. I, I think like maybe if you know, hang on, I'm working. We're working through our thoughts on this like live. But yes, maybe in, instead of taxing them, you should have a rule where it's just like if you have a pickup truck, you have to have a solid rear axle and front. Yeah. Why not? Two solid axles. Two solid axles, because it is made for carrying things. Mm-hmm. That will make it uncomfortable to drive. And make it much better at doing the thing it's designed yes. for. That's a, that is a perfect thing. If you I like have in, independent suspension, you have to have normal car crash regulation, and you have to have normal car emissions regulation. I like it. And j- that will absolutely kill the stupid you know truck what? that does nothing. That makes even more sense, because you actually need that additional ride height to clear solid axles under yep, a frame. that makes sense. Yeah, I like so, that. Solid yeah, axles. Solid axles, and you can now have your normal truck safety re- requirements and everything. Damn. And at that, because at that point you can still get your truck, yep. but that will absolutely eliminate all the random soccer moms that think they need it because they don't. Correct. And they will not like how that rides. And also they'll be pissed. Do you remember getting into like a, the backseat of a lifted XJ Jeep? Yeah, it was awful. It's impossible. Have you ever gotten to the backseat of a Jeep? 
it's just not an enjoyable experience. Like the body on frame with the solid axle yes. thing, like it makes it so much worse. It's and horrible. That should solve yeah. the problem. No, it'd be perfect. I think that's we've, trucks need to be it. trucks need to be worse. And like, because the peak of Jeep was the XJ Cherokee. Like that's like the peak of like when they got everything right. And it's been downhill since then. And it still sucked. But like, but no, that's the thing still, is like. Yeah. <laughs> you should never buy a truck and be as comfortable as you would be mm-hmm. in a car. Like if you're buying a I truck, agree. you need to have something that reminds you, you should have bought a car Correct. the entire time. And yeah. Richard actually said that to me in their, in their Jeep. They're like, they were like, no, I, I really love this truck, but I want it to be just uncomfortable enough. That reminds me that I really should have probably bought a car. <laughs> like, or like that is the best way to describe. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Richard. That is, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. I think that is, like, who's who's gonna kick up fuss over that? Like, oh, you want a truck? Well, the trucks have that. Like, all your, that. Your trucks now body a truck. Yeah. Like, like no more unibody. I'm not full independent suspension. I'm not mad. I've never been mad at high boy Fords. I love high boy Ford. I've told you that an ideal truck to me mm-hmm. is a F two fifty Ranger Camper Special with the Explorer interior. Yes, you yes. have actually I, I, automatic or manual. I don't even care what transmission it has. Like, I just want that exact truck. But it's like a billion dollar truck <clears throat> because every other truck these days is basically a fluffed over Yukon with a bed uh, stapled on the back and no comfortable interior. Like, except like they put in comfortable interior. It should not. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we're talking like the custom, like, okay. Back in the, I get it. Yeah. So so, like, that's the thing is like, it's just modern trucks. I hate them. Like I'm thinking back now, 30 years when every single, like we'll call them SUVs, but they were called trucks at the time had live axles and yeah they were all utilitarian things that like a few people did suffer through on day-to-day yeah. activities but like not really yeah like you, you would see like soccer moms that have a trooper like, but the thing is like you would see soccer moms who have a explorer mm-hmm. thinking they want a trooper but nobody actually bought the trooper because the trooper's actually not that fun to be in compared to a comfortable vehicle like a minivan and so, yeah, it's moms need to go back to minivans. Your your crossover doesn't make you cooler. A minivan is now cooler than you. Whatever you are driving is instantly going to be forever the not cool vehicle because you are in fact a soccer mom. When the hatchback on which your piece of crap CUV is based has way more interior volume yep. with no drawbacks. I my favorite thing is my dad bought a CUV and he hates it. And I'm like, good, good. you should. Yeah. I'm like, also it's depreciating faster than a three would have. So <laughs> you kind of stuck with it. Oh, wow. well. Sucks to be you. Maybe you should have bought a better vehicle instead of, like, impulse buying something when I was in California because you couldn't have waited one day. <laughs> that, that tracks with your dad, actually. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, actually. I had to go to the junkyard to go grab the wheels I bought for him off of his car. Oh, for sake. It was so annoying. Oh, my God. Um, anyway. Speaking of legislation that's doing the wrong thing instead yes. of accidentally doing the right thing, Lotus Amiras are now stateside in mass. Oh. But they can't deliver a single one of them. Do you want why? to guess why? Well, well I, I'll tell you after this ad, because it's very could, dramatic. Could it be... Oh, um, my God. Oh, man. This is oh, that's just the ad. worst formatted thing ever. Could it, could it possibly <clears throat> be... There we go. <laughs> safety related. Nope. Oh. I can't imagine. Because every, every Lotus uses a Toyota engine. Mm-hmm. And it actually has to do with the Toyota engine. What's wrong with the Toyota engine? Uh, well, nothing. And okay. it, it's already been federalized. In yeah, the so it should be just come here. So it's not a problem. Apparently, no. When you put a federalized powertrain in a new vehicle, it needs to get CARB certification again in California. And it hasn't pushed through on the paperwork yet. So every single Amira in this country right now is rotting in the sun or rotting in the snow in the back lot of a dealership. And you can go visit your Amira, but you can't take it home. 
That's just I, ridiculous. These use a supercharged Toyota 2GR FSE or whatever. It's been in production since the dawn of, I don't know, whatever Paleolithic era. Yeah. It's, it's been in production longer than Father Time has uh, been alive. It, the 2GR FE uh, came out in 2007 because Jana's van was a 2006, oh, and her mom got a really skookum deal on it because it was the very last uh, V6 uh, that was a 3.3 that was sold by Toyota. Only one model got it the first year, which was 06, and it was the RAV4. Yes, you get a 06 RAV4 and it V6 was so good. all-wheel drive. So good. And Zero to was, 60 to 5.7 seconds. It was faster than a WRX. So fast. Yeah, yeah. so well, like that's my favorite thing is the automatic was... RAV4 was faster than a manual or automatic WRX base model. And that is how the 2GR was birthed into the North American market. Yeah, I love that. So good. It's incredible. Anyway, so the engine that's been here forever and also has been here forever with the Edelbrock Supercharger, which it still uses, which has carb certification on a carb certified engine, is not carb certified. So, anyway, if you have an Amira waiting, th- go to the forums. All 12 Amiras that are going to be sold in the United States are really just going to tip over our carbon footprint, aren't they? There are 92 sitting at the Naples dealership. My uncle's is one of them, and that's one dealer. There are a lot of these oh. waiting. <clears throat> oh, boy. Yeah. I thought they were just going to sell like a handful. Apparently, they're selling really well. Okay, I get why they're carb certifying it, but still, this is stupid. Dumb bureaucracy. So, okay, we can we can sell a, a Tahoe with an 80-foot-tall hood to a soccer mom, and that's fine, even though it's killing people, but the engine and supercharger, which are both previously certified in a chassis that's lightly modified from something that's been here for 15 years, also a certified, we can't, we can't have it. Brilliant. Love it. I If I was a owner of one of these Lotuses... I would buy a like W123 and just take the week off of work and drive to California and drive it in California with out of state plates and they can't do a goddamn thing about it and just drive around in protest with signs saying I want my fucking Lotus. <laughs> That's what I would do. What do we want? If, if you have a, if you have a Lotus, you have money to do that. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely do that and just protest the state of California and get these fucking like emissions bills like done. And then you'll end up you'll be internet famous. You'll be you'll be on uh, on like like the Vanifesto Facebook page. Just find the car building and just drive around it. Disconnect the charge pipe on the turbocharger so it runs even richer. Oh, you don't even have to do any of that because a W one twenty three will blow soot out the tailpipe if you go wide open in a low gear. Like why not? Beauty. Yeah, just put it in fourth and just <laughs> wide open just let her rip just smoke them out it'll be great and they can't do anything about it um wow that's awful and bad news well i've got good news thank um, you honda uh after years of being irrelevant in every way mm-hmm. uh they have come back Ooh. in a really good way so if you see this is their old logo I now if you go that. to their ces show hey. that's their new logo well, yeah yeah, and then have you seen their new concepts? Because they're great. Wow. That's the saloon. That's and the a salo- nice dustbuster. The saloon looks like Sid Mead and Jajaro got together, like and with with like <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Yeah, with like Gandini, <laughs> and just like made the ultimate wedge shaped sports car. But no, it's a EV sedan. Their design room was full of Countach's, yes, dustbusters. It's so good. And infinity mirrors. No, like I, I genuinely think that they were just watching like um, uh, Total Recall oh, and just yeah. like enjoying watching Total Recall while they came up with these incredible vehicles. So uh, they also have another vehicle, which is a van. 
uh, which is I'm coming up after this. Yeah, it's going to come after the the saloon uh, here. I like there's the, the van, mirror. the space oh, hub, man. space hub. It's so Ooh, good. No, no, no. It's a space dash hub. Yes, they're very, very, very good. I absolutely love wow. both of these. I like the saloon more than the space hub, but obviously for good reason. The space hub looks like the electric canoe that's being pitched to the U.S. Postal Service. I fucking hate the canoe. Did Did you ever see the canoe CEO on Jay Leno's the garage? The canoe looks so much better than that monstrosity military contract piece of junk. Uh, yeah, but have you seen the canoe TV. CEO on no. Jay Leno's Is garage on YouTube? Is it bad? Oh, it was very bad. Uh. He said that you never have to service uh, any of the fluids. And so they're unserviceable because they're not going to be serviced through the life of the vehicle. And Jalen's like, aren't... Don't these brake fluid and coolant? Yeah, he goes, well, that doesn't and seem right. Oil? He's like, D- doesn't heat cause chemicals to break down? He goes, yeah, but they're engineered to not break down. And he goes, but that's just not true in real life. Thank and he's you, like, and, and so the guy, Canoe, is like, what was just going on his little pitch? And Jay's like, okay. Uh. <laughs> I would like it if, like, the, uh, let's take it out for a spin. He's just like, let's get this out of here. <clears throat> yeah, no, he took it out for a spin. He goes, this is a vehicle. Oh, boy. He was not happy with it. I'm bummed to hear that because I kind of like how terrible no, the, the canoe looks. the canoe is just a very, very, everything about that I hate. Well, it good is, thing they're going to sell none of them. Yeah, they are very bad in every way. This, though, but the space is very hub. good. Wow. Look at that taillight. Mm. <laughs> I love that. It's the entire taillight on the back is like one European Fiat 500 taillight, but it, <laughs> it, it expands the entire rear of the vehicle. Now that's the racetrack lighting I want to get behind. That is quite the heck. Oh no. I, it, it's for show. It has a yoke for show. I'm okay, sure. Okay, All right. The all seats right. look nice. Oh, it looks incredible. Yeah. The space dash hub looks good. Yeah. I'm very much can a put, fan of that. Can I put cat videos in the front LCD on the front I of it? I hope so. I'm sure Honda people will modify that. Wouldn't that be great? Or it's just got like a little winking cat or something oh, like that. That's so good. It, I'm sure if I'm sure that Dahatsu will follow suit and put winking cat videos on their cars. What is what is the logo mm, above probably the Honda thingy? No emissions or something, but it looks quite oh, yeah. good though. It's a very Oh, I just realized it's an H. Uh, yeah, kind of. It's an H because see, there's the you have the two lines and then the line across. Yeah, it's an H. So are it's they a stylized have a H to be zero emissions. Anyway, I, I know that quite good. I know that EVs aren't everybody's thing, and I get it. But like, that's first gen Gallardo right there. Yeah, that looks really, really, really good. But the thing is, like, I will find joy in whatever car I I drive if I find the right kind of that car. Like, I've driven an electric car that I enjoyed. I've driven a diesel car that I've enjoyed. I've driven gas cars. Like I'm going to find a car that I enjoy. It doesn't matter what the powertrain is. It has a gullwing door, so it's going to be bad. So it'll be good. Yep. Now I like that. That's mm-hmm. going to be divisive. Anything yes. that's divisive in a car, I'm a fan of. <laughs> well, <laughs> except for the yoke, except for, uh, yeah, I like the idea. See, this is the thing is I like you paying a premium for a yoke. Cause the fact that Mark had to pay like all of the money for his plaid and he gets bruises on his hands, just driving around daily. That's wonderful to me. Like absolutely the 1% should have bruised hands. Like, yeah, the Countach should have had a yoke. Like this is perfect. Like the Countach walks so the plaid could run. Like That's great. This rich people keep coming in with shattered thumbs. I'm yeah. Like, it's yeah, great. They're trying to navigate in the parking lot. I think that's the funniest thing in the world. And I'm like, yeah, you paid a bunch of money to be less comfortable. Perfect. Like, that's Damn great. Damn it. When you put it that way, it kind of, I, I like it. I like yokes as an optional extra. It should not be, it should not be standard equipment, but it should be something that it like, 
I know Mark didn't have a choice. Correct. Like, because he, he just wanted the plaid, understandably. Like, he ordered but, the plaid plus, which was later canceled because the plaid was quote unquote fast enough. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's <laughs> like, if the plaid came with a steering wheel and you could upgrade to a yoke, that would be perfect. Because then you're upgrading to have a worse experience. Oh. oh. It's so funny to me. I love that. Uh, like, uh, that makes me so uncomfortable. Okay, I just, <laughs> if, if you're spending that kind of money on a vehicle, good. You deserve to just sit and spin. Like, especially if you're doing it like, it's for such a vain thing. Because like, Mark is like, he wanted to have a good car. Like I get that. Like, he wanted the fastest, best car that he could feasibly have as a daily. You ordered that it makes the same sense. way as the 90D. It's like, if, it didn't, if the option didn't make the car somehow faster, I didn't buy it. Yeah, and that, like, that makes sense. Yeah, good. That's kind of cool. That's a good way to buy a car. But yeah. if you're just buying a car to be vain, like <laughs> just to spend money and be vain, like yeah, <laughs> go suffer. Like that's something that should absolutely. There's a reason I don't like hypercars. It's because there's no suffering with a hypercar. There's only a supercar is suffering. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> no, because a supercar you have to genuinely worry about on a regular basis. A hypercar you live with. I don't want. I don't want to see rich people <laughs> being comfortable and living with something. I want see. I want to see rich people have to maintain a team of individuals so they can just have their vain little vanity piece. Like hell yeah, that's what it should be. Did you see the post? I'm sure you did because you're in the car selling game. Yeah. Somebody posted, I think, a week and a half ago, a Murcielago, a facelift Murcielago that had 231,000 miles on Perfect. it. Perfect. Wow. That's incredible. It was and manual that's and everything. The, and amount of, <clears throat> the amount of effort. And I'm like, I commented, I'm like, this guy must have been to so many chiropractors by now because it's yeah. so uncomfortable. No, 200,000 miles. He at replied me. I'm like, no, it's great. I'm like, you must have different seats than I do because I need to go to a chiropractor after driving that car for 10 minutes. Yeah, no, Murcielago, I guess I've never been on one. I'll, we'll take a ride. It's Mark. extraordinarily uncomfortable. We'll have to go to Taco Bell in it this summer. Um, I, yeah. It's, you're, mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to experience that. Because this is the thing is, I love bad vehicles. Mm-hmm. And like, bad and poor performing are different things. It's something that's just like a bad general experience to have a car that like is really exhilarating. Like, a roller coaster is genuinely a bad experience, like to be in. Oh yeah, and but it's fun. Like yeah. You, you, yeah. That car is a roller coaster. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like when I say a bad experience, like I love cars like that. That's the way a car should be. It's if you have a comfortable car, everybody should have access to something comfortable. But like, if you want to have something that's like more fun, like it should be a little bit more bad. Oh, like a live axle truck. A live axle truck. Yeah, like exactly, like. Speaking of making things more bad to make them more good, yes. Volkswagen is going to make their Mark 10 more good by taking everything in it that is still flawed and made it sort of endearing. Uh, there's a list of three things I don't, I don't want it's in a modern car. car. Uh, one, for it to be made by Volkswagen. Two, for it to not have a manual transmission. Uh, three, for them to integrate generative AI into an already flaky infotainment system. Uh, the Mark 10 is going to have no manual option. It is made by VW, and they are going to have generative AI built into their Why would you system. ever want that? Uh, apparently, they must be under the impression that people want that. <clears throat> Nobody asked for that. Correct. Uh, it's a, Why is there a Commodore pet in this photo? I don't know. That's a really I'm good thing. I'm really, really, really distracted by that. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me just go ahead and... <laughs> I don't know what's happening because I know you can run ChatGPT on a Commodore. Uh, that is the old... No, there we go. There, there's a That's Mark better. 10 with no uh, Commodore pet. It's also got a QR code in the back for no reason. Great. 
Um, Perfect. That's awful. I hate that. The company that's currently trying to combat and trial a safety defect that they said is no big deal that could cause a family car to crash without warning is building that. So clearly they're in touch with their their customers and have your best interest in mind. Uh, I want to remind you that my 1986 uh, GLI... It simultaneously had the throttle stick open, the door open, the seatbelt fail. <laughs> Volkswagens have never been interested at all in your safety. Oh, also, that happened that was... more than once. And I'm guessing that wasn't modified. No. Like, those components were factory. Those were all factory components. Mm-hmm. And they were just things, those were just failure points. Yep. And they were not warrantied. Honda has a lifetime warranty in their seatbelts. Which you've already used. Yes, I tested that. It worked on a 200,000-mile, 30-year-old CRX, and they complained a lot, but they did it. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that. That's good. You took one of the few vehicles Mm. that's still... I mean, I didn't... The Mark 9 was a bad car for other reasons, but like, it took the only reason away that you would actually buy one of the... As an enthusiast. Yes. Like, as a normal person buying a Mark 10 Golf non-GTI, it doesn't matter. a normal person buying a Volkswagen for any uh, reason is a terrible decision. Well, it's because they think it's German-engineered still. And, uh, German they think engineering that a good thing. is still a thing. And so, all right, this is the thing. Is German engineering is a real-life, actual, real thing. It's very, very, very good. And it is very, very, very good for an M6. It is very, very, very good for E30 M3. It is very, very, very good for an M1. Very good for hand tools. It's very, very, very good for a Glock, it is very, very, very good for a AMG like tuned 560 SEC. It is not at all good in any way for a commuter vehicle ever in the history of mankind ever. That no point was it a good decision. You missed one descriptor in there: a cost cut yes. commuter vehicle. So, and I think we've we've talked about the difference between German engineering and Japanese engineering. Is German engineering they're both ostensibly extremely reliable. Yes. German engineering is perfectly reliable within fa- lab settings. <laughs> Japanese engineering is perfectly reliable in the real world, and that doesn't make German engineering worse. I love many German vehicles. However, I know how I am, and I'm going to get Japanese because I'm lazy. I'm not like you. I don't have low level. Like, I'm not on the spe- the autism spectrum. And, I am the spectrum. Yeah, and you are on the spectrum, and you can go and love all your German vehicles Yay. and have to use your oh, very Oh, specific- I never said I loved them. Okay, okay. You, you, you own dozens. No, I know. <clears throat> but, like, you can go and enjoy them, and you can go use your, like, one specific oil made by one brand that works in the car, otherwise the timing chains come to pieces. You can go use your very specific washer fluid, because a washer pump requires that washer fluid because the washer pump needed a lubricant of sorts. <laughs> yep. And if you don't do that, the pump breaks. That is a real-life actual German vehicle thing that happened on... Oh, what was it? I think it was an Audi. It might, it, it might not that be an Audi. sounds really familiar, actually. But it, I remember seeing that and being like, oh, why doesn't this ever work on this car? And it's like, oh, they had a, a specific better... It might have been a Saab, actually. I think it was just a different type of alcohol. Yeah, it was a different kind, but, but yeah. it wasn't readily available. It was very expensive. Right. And so nobody used it, and then all the washer fluid pumps just, like, broke. Um, 
God, I, I wish I remembered what car that was. But this anyway. just reminds me of mineral oil power steering fluid. It's just a bad idea. Yeah, Honda does that. Like Honda does. So does German stuff. Yeah, Weird. and so and that's the thing is like you can see like when Honda does like some German ass stuff because like yeah. Honda is a well for the longest time was an engineer run company. Now it's a bean counter company like everybody else. But for like a long time, they were they were engineer-run companies, and that's why they had like weird shit. And like Japanese vehicles will occasionally do that. Like you'll occasionally get like your rotary or your like Honda power steering fluid. But for the most part, Japanese vehicle you can go and just drive it and use it like a vehicle. That's why we recommend them to normies. Yeah, now like Subaru is another one where it's Subaru is very much a German vehicle. Oh but the problem with Subaru is while they are German-style engineering. They are marketed as though they are a Toyota. Yikes. It's two different kinds of markets that you get. A Subaru theoretically can be reliable, yeah. but the amount of work that you need to do to make a Subaru reliable on a regular basis is not what you would Correct. expect. You need like vintage German car levels of dedication to adhering to a service regimen yes. that is developed by other people, yeah. not the manufacturer, exactly. to make a modern Subaru last. Yeah. It's, Which doesn't happen. Yeah, no, and that's that, that's the thing. It's like it's just that that's not like a, a normal Japanese car thing. I saw a Subaru Ascent taxi the other day. I'm like, oh, that fleet manager has no idea what they are in. For. That will be there for that will be in the fleet for about ten minutes. FB twenty four turbo zero to be sixteen oil and no maintenance. Let's see how this goes. <clears throat> I'm oh, a CVT as well. I really wish if you ever see that car like parked. Go grab its VIN. I'm gonna follow its Carfax for the rest of my life. I just wanna watch it to see when it ends gonna, up at Copart. I'm gonna uncover a post it on your desk like two years from now and be like, oh, let's see what this was. The ascent. It oh. was the Gopher Taxi Ascent. The Gopher Taxi Ascent. How long did it make it? Oh, it, nine months later, it's on Copart. Huh. Interesting. It's still under warranty. What happened? Weird. You call the dealership. Yeah, so funny story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they missed insane. a bunch of oil changes. Yeah, they missed. So the warranty was void. Yeah, and it blew up. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, Volkswagen doesn't need to do this. Um, oh, as an aside, uh, C64s can run ChatGPT in a way. Oh, God. Just, I just, that's something I'm aware of and I know how to use just because I know I have to, but I'm not interested. But I also love the C64 demo scene is like, let's make this 8-bit computer <laughs> do things it really shouldn't. Well, with things like the Kung Fu Drive and the ethernet adapter modems that are out there and the still active message boards and things yeah. like that i mean it's very similar to hot rodding and hondas like there's no way that a commuter car engine that's made to make not like 90 horsepower and get 45 miles per gallon should be able to make 800 horsepower that's insane and like there's no way that a like a, a just a very budget personal computer from 1982 mm-hmm. should be able to make graphics demos that outperform super nintendos people shouldn't still make new crts but here we are people still make brand new diagnostic tools and software for a 30 year old obd interface on, I, I on cars abs- i absolutely love that it's it's, it's smart ass people like, that are I, really frustrated i love tinkering i love tinkerers and i don't love this volkswagen this volkswagen's everything i don't love it is anti-tinker well I guess I'll continue enjoying my Mark 1 and Mark 2s, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my 30- and 40-year-old cars. Thanks. Yep, no, we're good. Bye. Bye.